It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, everybody. What a preseason for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I really don't think you could ask for any more than they gave. No matter which configuration of players they sent, they came back with wins. And we're thrilled to see it. Obviously, the results mean nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it is still better to win than to lose. So, uh, John Fisher, hello. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing victoriously. As our favorite team not only prevailed in preseason, which again, as you said, who cares about the final score? That means nothing now. But at the very minimum, they put some doubts into almost all of their opponents. I would I would accept Montreal from that because they only played them in the first game. Yeah. And so again, the, the point of the preseason is to I think first and foremost get out healthy. And the Devils managed to uh mm-hmm. successfully do that. No major injuries. Uh, but also to warm up to game speed. And the Devils, we're not going to go into the details of every single game because, again, it's preseason. The results don't really matter. But, man, the the eye test, the the stats, they look like the Devils of last year. It looks like there's some good chemistry forming on some new lines and some maybe surprise standout players from camp. And so um, just from the preseason games, one immediate impression I had, John, there's a power play now. There was a power play. It ran it at a stupefying clip, almost as high as 40% at one point. Um, the Devils, you know, and they've actually brought this up, Dan. The, the, the people, the decision makers, the people with the juice, so to speak, have said, well, we've got 1A and 1B units. We don't have a first and second unit, which is a far cry difference from last season when, you know, you had one strong unit and then you had a unit with Miles Wood on it. So 
you know, the, the collection of talent is has been impressive. And just as importantly, Dan, they've been converting. Yeah, it's been very impressive to watch them whip the puck around and not just during the power play, but also uh, the goal against the Islanders in the first game comes to mind. The Globetrotters-esque passing around the offensive zone by um, several, you know, veteran devils and also some prospects. And so uh, the whole, you know, secondary goal of camp, besides getting out healthy, everyone being um, at the very least somewhat productive, is to, let's say, trim the fat. And to do that, we have to see how they perform in these preseason games. And so we had a list here of players that are still with the team who are, you know, on the fringe. And so, John, I'm going to give you a name. Mm -hmm. You tell me if they've done enough to make the cut, if they've done enough to impress you. And also, not just if they make the cut, but if they moved up the pecking order in terms of call-ups. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's fair. Okay. So obviously not all of these players will be able to make the team for one reason or another. It could be a contract situation. It could be, um, you know, it could just be handedness. It could be a specific skill set. So let's start with the players that we don't or I guess didn't really expect to see that much from or as much from, but are really making the coaches think a little bit extra about what to do next. And so let's start with uh I think it's Santeri Hataka. Mm. The other player in the Timo Meyer trade. That's a lie. There were like five players going back in that one. Well, yes. I also want to add like the devils with these bonus players and these big trades are making out like bandits. The Taylor Hall trade comes to mind too, but let's touch on that later when we talk about um, who stood out at camp. But yeah, start with that one. Yeah. So Santeri Hataka was somebody that I identified as a wild card because his situation was. Um, rough like he got a taste of the nhl last season not i'm sorry two seasons ago with san jose like eight games he did well with the uh, barracuda in the ahl and then last season he pretty much was out for almost the entire season with an injury he has yet until this past two weeks yet to wear a devil's uniform in a game um that's that's actually a bit of a mis- bit of a stretch he was in the prospect challenge the point was is that uh-huh. he has yet to appear in an official game for the Devils or the Comets at a regular season or playoff level. And he's in the final year of his ELC. He's 22 years old. So this is a very important camp for him. Um, I don't think he's, he did enough to make the roster just due to the number of people involved, but he did acquit himself quite well in his three preseason games. He was especially good in the last game against the New York Islanders, uh, where the Islanders iced a full NHL team mm-hmm. and the Devils, well, did not they they, they they played they played the b team of mostly uh depth players fringe guys i mean Unicom dawson mercer comments, was uh, their uh, best roster player da- and dawson mercer like akira Shanif, <laughs> kevin ball those are your veterans they look like it out there they look like yeah. the best players on the ice on both teams yeah but hataka did not look anything like an ahl player out there he was very solid um he created some good good plays i believe it was his shot that led to the first goal by Max Wellman, a redirection in past uh, Ilya Sorokin. So Hitaka definitely had a very good lasting imp- impression, but I think at this point, he's going to be one of the first few call-ups uh, from the defense. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. I mean, again, it's someone you didn't expect to be. He was more of a throwaway in the trade initially, so uh, any bonus you get from that besides just getting Timo Meyer is is huge. So Certainly. Uh, very good to see him succeeding. And a, a devil's prospect that we... You know, I think it's more the circumstances that are log jamming him, but Shimon Nemich. Yeah, so Simon Nemich 
the best way I would describe him was similar to Luke Hughes on the puck. Great. Like mm-hmm. he looks like, you know, this is the high end prospect that you expect. He's got the skills on the puck. He's got the confidence to beat players one-on-one. And more importantly, Dan, he has the skill set to beat players one-on-one. A nice breakaway uh, goal against the Islanders. He, exactly. He picked up on a shorthanded uh, situation, which really should have been a penalty on Tice Thompson. Uh, the broadcast was very adamant that that should have been tripping. And I actually agree. It should have been tripping, but I ain't hear no whistle. Nemich uh, took it in, beat up. Uh, Sorokin for the score. That's always a good thing. I think the big concern with Nemec is going to be um, off the puck play. That's definitely still a work in progress. His five on five numbers were pretty rough at times. Some of that could be attributed to who he was playing with, but for the most part, I could see the argument where some some more games in Utica maybe uh, to his benefit. It's going to be a it's it's a judgment call at this point based on the performance of some other veteran defensemen. But I don't see the Devils carrying nine defensemen, so I think he is going to start the season in Utica. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong though. Well, fair enough. And also, he does have the one year left on the entry level contract that can slide. Yeah. Um. So that's a big consideration to make here too. So it, it makes sense both from a hockey perspective and from a contracts perspective for him to be there. So. I think the writing had been on the wall for a while, but um, it's it's interesting that the play pretty much agreed, and I don't think a season a season of seasoning will hurt him. I don't think it's going to take a season, Dan. I, I think if I think Nemich is going to be a devil sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that I don't I don't want to commit and say oh he's definitely going to be a New Jersey Devil by the trade deadline. Like yeah. no, I think it's going to be a case of. He, he's going to get a couple games. He's going to be the first call up. And if he does well enough, Dan, he, they're going to find a way to keep him. Okay. As well. Works for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to another prospect that is basically on his last opportunity and seems to have made the most of it. Um, Alex Holtz. Yeah. So here's another player where, again, um, sometimes he was a victim of who he's played with. I think it's pretty clear Alex Holtz is not yet and maybe never will be a play driver. Like he's not somebody who can say, I'm on this line. I'm going to make it go forward all the time. And this was Mm -hmm. most apparent in the last game where he got shifts with Michael McLeod and Nathan Bastion, which, yeah, yeah, that's just not going to work. McLeod is not, not an offensive player. Any notion that McLeod is anything more than a fourth lighter should have been defeated in this preseason. He did okay at times, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That being said, you put Holtz on an offensive line or put him in offensive situations and you see the shot, you see the effort, you see the, uh, the, um, the movement off the puck to put himself into positions where he can be an option, which is what you want to see from an offensive player. Maybe more importantly than that, Dan, is that Holtz was very notable in back checking mm-hmm. and helping out on defense, not taking silly penalties. Those were things that he was criticized for. Uh, with some validity, maybe mostly validity, I should say, from Lindy Ruff and his staff uh, last season. So, well, that's the thing about like, getting faster too, right? Like you don't have yeah. to take as many penalties to keep up with people. Well, it's 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 both those things, Dan. It's not just the speed; it's also how you, how you think the game. Like a guy like Mark Stone, and I know that's an extreme example because he's one of the better all around players in the entire world. Mm-hmm. But he's not a great skater, Dan. He's not fast. But he doesn't need to be because he knows exactly where he needs to be almost at all times. So he. Doesn't I mean, it's not like to... 
you know, it's not like Yager was the best skater ever, too, but he just used his body so well that it was almost impossible to get the puck he, off him. And he knew where he needed to get to to help out. That's the yep. important thing. So obviously Holtz is not going to be like Mark Stone or Yarmy or Yager, uh, short of the greatest glow up since Blake Coleman. But yeah. the point, I think the larger point of this question is, do you think he's on this team? I do. I Ooh. do think it's going to be a question of where do you slot him? Um because again, the the tricky part about guys that you say, well, if he does well with Nico Heischer and, and uh, Timo Meyer, then he's great. That it's like, yeah, but that opportunity could go to someone else, and mm-hmm. do you you may need that flexibility uh, for Holtz. So the big question is real for me is going to be, can Holtz do well if he plays with a Hala, with a Palat, uh, opposite Mercer? You know, it, it, can he mesh well with those other players? And I think that's part of the reason why. He got as many games as he did with so many different combinations. It wasn't like Tyler Toffoli where he was attached to Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt for the preseason. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's good that he seems to have taken the notes from last year in stride, like you said. He, He came back faster. He came back more focused on defense. He came back understanding, I think, more how the Devils play, and that's due to his time in Utica, I think. Yeah, um, I will say that's worked there as well. I will add one other fun, now pointless fact because preseason's over. He led the Devils forwards in average ice time uh, in five on five play with wow. 15 minutes. Unlike no other forward, like the other forward that came closest to Holtz is Timo Meyer at 1344. So what that means is that the Devils coaches gave Holtz a lot of opportunities, a lot of shifts. And again, you know, some of the n- underlying numbers are ugly. But again, some of that's going to be attributed to who he's played with. But put the puck on a stick. He he can shoot it real well. He has scored some goals. And just as importantly, he's helped out on defense. He has not been the reason why the Devils struggled at all in these games, I would say. And weirdly enough, there's been less competition for the forwards than there has been for defense, I think, than we anticipated. Mm. So that benefits him at least a little bit. Right. At least his role in the forwards, I would say. Yeah, it's 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 an internal competition, not a is is he going to make the team or is he going to go to Utica? I don't yeah, think yeah, I think Holtz is beyond that, which is I think important for him, which is fantastic. Yeah. And so, uh, let's move on to another player that you had mentioned in um, Tyce Thompson. He got a lot of looks, a lot of them in this preseason. Yeah, he he played in five games. You know. Curtis Lazar played in every single preseason night. Um, and Tyce Thompson joined uh, the PTO, Max Willman, Thomas Noshek, Michael McLeod, and Kevin Ball as the only guys to have played in five out of the six preseason nights of the Devils. And I would say Tyce Thompson, I'm, I don't know what to make of him, Dan. I still don't. I, I think like this guy was playing fourth line minutes in Utica in the playoffs last season. This is mm-hmm. not a guy who was, you know, oh, you know, he's just scoring a whole bunch and playing big minutes for the Comets and he just needs an opportunity. Like, no, this guy was a fourth liner when he was called up to the Devils in his past cups of coffee. And he was a fourth liner in Utica. So I think they, if he's going to make it that, it's going to be as a spare fourth liner, which isn't a bad thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really see a lot from him that made me go, yeah, this dude is definitely on the team. His underlying numbers look fantastic to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but how much of that was because of something he did or more or less who he was playing with or playing against is, is the factor for me. And Tice also took some rather dumb penalties. Again, he should have been called for that tripping penalty that led to Nemec's goal. Mm-hmm. Um, like 
I can kind of see it, but the Devils have a heap of guys who can play on the fourth line. So unless the Devils badly need a spare right winger behind Bastion, and if they don't trust Lazar to play on that side, I want to say he's left-handed, so they probably, maybe maybe they don't. But yeah, I I, I, I can see why the Devils management might like him based on past call-ups. I personally just don't see him as somebody who did enough to make this team. Well, it's been so hard to assess him because he seems so consistently injured as well. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah, he, he is just in a weird spot in terms of the pecking order. So Yeah, and contract-wise, it's even harder, Dan, because mm-hmm. he, he's 24 and he, he's been in, he's been signed for three seasons. So his, his waiver exemption got uh, removed. And, you know, Mr. Mr. Thompson, you know, is on a – you know, his contract became one way, not that it has anything to do with his waiver status, but it has everything due to the fact of, well, if I'm paying this guy $775,000, do I want him to do that while riding the bus in Utica? Or do I want him hanging out in the suites in New Jersey as an option? Mm-hmm. And that's a question for Tom Fitzgerald to, uh, to decide on. And, you know, when we talk about the veterans a bit, a bit later on, that's who he's competing with more mm-hmm. than someone like Holtz, who would be, you know, more up the lineup so um just one last young player on my end here to mention and that is the aforementioned luke hughes uh, again i think the season and the off season the way it was structured was made with him in mind on the main roster you don't let severson and graves walk if you don't think that he can replace at least one of them so i, I think mm-hmm. he's pretty safe but i think you know like his brother he's having a little bit of a slow start yeah, the growing pains are definitely there. I mean, we saw last season in his last two in the last two regular season games and in those playoff games, I think the fact he got a 20 plus minute performance against Carolina is sign of yeah, you're on the team. Like mm-hmm. there's it's similar to uh Charlie McAvoy where his first few games as a Bruin were in the playoffs, he played big minutes there and it was pretty much apparent like yeah, you can't send him to Providence at this point. Like you put mm-hmm. him you can't play him this much in the postseason and go, Yeah, you're a minor leaguer. Like it doesn't work like that. So right. I agree that Luke Hughes is is a devil. Now, my my thoughts on his play is similar to Nemich's. On the puck, I like it. And I don't want Luke to change how he plays with the puck like i don't want him to you know get the game coached out of him so to speak you see this with uh, some players who are kind of marginal because luke definitely has the talent to be nhl talent one-on-one he's done it in his fear in his few times in the nhl already mm-hmm. like that's a talent that is special for a player regardless of their position so I, I, I hope Lindy Ruff and Ryan McGill don't try to tell him to like, don't do that. Don't try to take a player on. Don't look for extra space going forward, especially considering that Ruff, his system is predicated on defensemen being active on offense and being willing to go in deep. I mean, even in the final game against the Islanders, we saw Simon Nemich in the corners on offense. Mm-hmm. Like that's how deep the activation can go. So Luke on the puck, I'm, I'm okay with Luke off the puck needs some work. And you know, it, it's been a it's been a subject of discussion on the site and other forums on online about, you know, how do you structure the defense? I think the best thing for Luke at this point would be to set him up similar to how the Devils utilized Severson last season, which is put him on the third pairing, let him have favorable matchups when you're at home, which is good for the Devils because the Devils play a lot of home games to start start this season. Mm-hmm. They're going to most of their October 
Um, they only have two road games in October, Dan, and one of them is in Long Island and the others in Montreal. These are places the Devils have already been to. Yeah. yeah, they also have a weird 715 start in Montreal. Don't ask me why it's 715. That's weird. Maybe they're starting to actually stagger start times this year so we can watch on a two games. On a Tuesday night, Dan. Yeah, why not? Who cares? Anyways, the point is, is that the Devils can shelter him for the first couple games until he gets up to speed. But I think the important thing is going to be, Luke, you need to be more mindful in your own end. You need mm-hmm. to be more mindful of your partner. And to be fair to Luke, some of his partners, like a certain veteran we're about to talk about, uh-huh. has had a bad preseason. And you can only do so much. But, you know... You can't play four games in preseason, end up with a Corsi of below 35% and not get some criticism. Like, it just doesn't work that way, my dude. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. But I, again, I think with what we saw with Jack also, uh, it takes a little bit of time to get adjusted to the league when you play the way that they do. But, um, you know, we we know that everything ended up fine yeah. in that department. So Yeah, over time, Luke will be fine. Like, the talent is there. This, this isn't going to be an Alexis Lafreniere situation where, you know, uh, Ryan Novozinski isn't going to write an article, you know, three years from now going, look, Luke, you got to make this team. You got to yeah. relax. You got to be who you are. You're under a lot of pressure, but you got to make a kid, but to have no pressure. I'm referring to a Larry Brooks article that was yeah, recently yeah. written about Mr. Lafreniere. Wild. <laughs> yeah, you love to see it, especially little lines like, based on how he's played, he shouldn't be making this team at all. <laughs> oh boy you love to see it dan one argument to see it for a first anyway overall anywho yeah let's talk Luke, about some veterans you'll be okay but yeah <laughs> let's talk about that veteran that you alluded to just now colin miller oh. um he has had a tough time adjusting very, to devil speed very rough i mean it was apparent i went to the game uh the first islanders game in preseason the six five special against that was Sorokin. Awesome. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like the five allowed. It wasn't awesome for Shmi. No, no. Some of those plays, Um, you it know, was fun Grant, game. yeah. Like watching Ilias. It's one of those games where they, they announced before the game, you know, Oh, the goalie's going to play the whole game. And then Sorokin gets pulled because he was, he gave up five goals. And yeah. then Ken Appleby gets to be the goalie the with the loss on his record. And you make, and you go, Former ah, Ken, Ken Appleby. Appleby. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Jesper Ratt torched him for the hat trick. Anyhow. Yes. Um, yeah. Colin Miller. Um, had a terrible turnover that led to one of the Islanders' first goals. And his performance alongside Hughes was so bad that we saw a Luke Hughes-Simon Nemec pairing in the second, and that kept going all the way to the end of the game. Um, it's not a good sign if you're the veteran and you're expected to be the uh, the responsible veteran solid hand because that's Colin Miller's game, Dan. Like, mm-hmm. his game is... I am a solid defender. I am a meat and potatoes type of guy. I'm a rice and beans type of guy. I am standard. I am common in your home, but appreciate that I am there. I am reliable, if nothing else. But boy, did Colin Miller look like he he is he's like a half step behind everyone else on the Devils. Yeah, and that's not a good tough. thing, considering he is, you know. 30 years old, he signed for this season at $1.85 million. It's not a question of if he's going to make the team, Dan, but it is now an open question of, is he your number six defenseman? That conversation has opened up dramatically thanks to this preseason because Colin Miller did not lock it down, and now we're sitting here talking about, is Colin Miller going to be your third-pairing defenseman, possibly next to Luke Hughes? Is it going to be Brendan Smith, who the coaches clearly like, despite his very apparent uh, penalty issues and other flaws that led to Kevin Ball taking his spot last season? Is it going to go to Simon Nemec, or do we surprise everybody and pick Santeri Hataka? 
Yep, you're exactly right. I mean, his play, Miller's play, is the exact reason we started by talking about those defensive prospects. It's the exact reason that it's been such a breath of fresh air to see Kevin Ball succeeding to the degree that he has. And so uh, it, it's not a welcome conversation, but I think it's still a good problem to have that when you make that kind of signing, you do make it sometimes to fill a gap, but here it's legitimately for competition to make the team. And so um, it all remains to be seen what they do at that spot. It's still likely Miller's given the contract situations, but um, yeah. it's not as set in stone as it would have been if he had been his, you know, robust defensive self. I will say that uh, Miller is a right-handed uh, or rather a right-sided defenseman that mm-hmm. might help his case. And it might be bad news for Mr. Nemich, who is also a right-sided defenseman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is definitely going to be a question of, you know, how do you, how do you envision the pairing? So that may be another factor in terms of, you know, Miller getting some regular minutes. I do want to believe that Miller just needs time to adjust, but that's exactly what this preseason is for. He got four games. He got nearly 50 minutes of the system. You know, if it's not going to, if you didn't get it now, you better get it soon because the real games are starting literally in less than a week. And now he's also well aware, you know, as we are, that people are breathing down his neck competition wise. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't an accident that Brendan Smith not only played in the final game, um, and but he did okay. I, mm-hmm. you know, again, that he took a dumb penalty. And of course, you know, Brendan Smith uh, statistically is like, you know, a one-sided defenseman and he's not particularly great at that one side. Again, Kevin Ball took his job during last season, uh, but the coaches like him. He's still signed for this season. He can play both sides of the pairing. So, you know, it's a, it's now a debate. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move to the forwards. And interestingly enough, again, the devils have what is arguably the best top nine in the entire league. And so the competition yeah. was always going to be for the spots uh, 10 through 12. And so um, we already talked about the young players who were, you know, competing for that place, but let's talk about someone like Thomas Noshek. Oh, this guy, similar to Colin Miller. Mm-hmm. He just struggled. Like in that Islanders game, like the man had hands of stone. Like he he was like losing pucks off of what appear to be simple passes. And keep in mind, Noshik played a lot in this preseason. He was like Tyce Thompson and Michael McLeod, somebody who got five games. And while ultimately, statistically, you know, he came out even, he wasn't a complete drag on the play, but he definitely was the weaker link when you saw him next to McLeod and Bastion in mm-hmm. that Islanders game. And more importantly, Dan, Curtis Lazar. I know you didn't bring him up yet, but we have to talk about Noshik in the context of Curtis Lazar. Well, we can well, roll no- right into him when you're, uh, you know, yeah, the point contextually. Yeah, the thing is, Lazar is signed for another year, too, whereas Noshek is only signed for this year. Uh, Noshek also plays on the left. Lazar could play on the right. Um, but Lazar had a way better preseason than Noshek. Lazar played like I expected Noshek to play, to be a hardworking, mm-hmm. similar to Colin Miller, a meat and potatoes, rice and beans, standard. I'm not going to wow you. I'm not going to be flashy. I'm not going to make your taste buds explode. But I'm a reliable side to make your meal good. That is what Lazar did in preseason. He worked his tail off. He competed. He got some points. He did well in special team situations when called upon, even if it fit him very poorly, like that one time he had to be on a power play. <laughs> but no, Lazar did what I expected Noshek to also do, except Noshek didn't do that. Instead, he just fumbled pucks and was just, again, 
kind of a half a step slow behind everyone else. So similar to Miller, my comments are the same. Noshek is going to be on the team in some sense, but what I would have thought would was going to make him a regular immediately is now an open conversation. Mm-hmm. And and good for Curtis Lazar. I mean, he seems like he was brought in to be more a locker room guy, veteran presence. Yeah. Um, first man in the league to play with all of the Hughes brothers. Um, but I, you know, when he came over, he had issues getting his stuff, his family over. Um, there was some visa stuff going on, and he got injured almost immediately upon arriving as a New Jersey yeah. Devil. So to see him perform the way he has, to see him be this motivated, I think it would be just so good for them to have him uh, on a daily basis in the locker room. And I think he's definitely you know played his way onto that fourth line. Yeah, exactly. And this has actually been one of the other minor storylines in preseason where Bastion was coming off of a, a shoulder issue. Mm-hmm. So he didn't initially start in preseason games. He did eventually play preseason games. He played last night. Um, trying to see exactly. Yeah, he played in two games. He played in the other Islanders game. Both those games were physical too. So, you know, it's Bastion definitely got to test that shoulder quite a bit. But if Bastion is going to have issues or Bastion struggles because, you know, he's a fourth liner, Curtis Lazar is right there to take, you know, to step right in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bastion has to look over his shoulder a little bit because there's a 20. 20- 28-year-old, you know, former, I want to say, world junior hero, Mm -hmm. or am I confusing him with another player? I have no idea. WJC history. Uh, Chris Lazar was a WJC hero, I want to say. Oh, yeah, he did. In 2014, 2015, he had five goals and nine points in seven games. Clearly, I'll remember it well. Well, he also had seven points at his first time at the WJCs too. This what this one this this impressed him in the eyes of the Ottawa Senators at the time, mm-hmm. uh, who initially drafted him. Anywho, I think I know him best from my uh, NHL fourteen GM campaign. Yeah, you probably do. He probably was like hyped up back and it'd be like, oh, look out for this guy. Yeah, you know, he's a former first rounder, but then again, so is Nathan Bastion. The point is, is that. Lazar has created competition for Bastion, uh, of which there wasn't much of last season. Mm-hmm. And it's a good problem to have. Again, it, it's it good is. to have options down there. It's good to have players that serve different roles, different purposes. And again, that that veteran presence, I think it's it's maybe overstated in some people, but uh, Lazar just seems like a good guy. He just seems like someone who is genuinely so excited about his opportunity with the devils and he's making the most of it uh yeah. in this preseason exactly he's 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 what i'd like to call he's a fourth liner you can find fourth liners anywhere but you can find a decent fourth liner and you'll be pretty happy again meat and potatoes rice and beans not going to make your meal fantastic but you're happy it's there good garnish yeah okay well so i think that kind of brings us to the end because you already talked about nate bastion um, of the players that are more fringe lineup decisions, I, I would say between Bash and Lazar, it's like who's going to play each night rather than who's going to make the roster. Yes. Um, but uh, it's, again, good problems to have. The depth seems to be exceptional within camp this year. It's legitimately tough to make some of these decisions. So yeah. um, I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what could happen. I'm excited about the fact that, you know, knock on wood, someone gets hurt. There's people that are more than appropriate to fill the gaps. They won't fall too far behind. Now, and so, want, oh yeah, go ahead. Well, I do want to bring up one other player. He's not quite a veteran because he's only played 50 NHL games, mm-hmm. but he, he's been, he's been kicking around in pro hockey for the last four years. 
He was the one PTO player for the Devils. Max oh, Woman. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about him because his situation sure. is unfortunately awkward. So a bit of background on Mr. Wilman. He went to Brown, suffered a really bad knee injury as a senior, got a got the um got the okay from the NCAA for another season of eligibility and transferred as a graduate to Boston University. Didn't get signed by the team who drafted him. Philadelphia signed actually he signed with the AHL Lee Lehigh Lee Valley. I will call them Lehigh, but Lee, Lee Valley Phantoms. Worked his way up from Reading of the ECHL to make Lee, Lee Valley. Made it eventually to get some NHL games with Philly. Came into New Jersey on a PTO. I will say that Wilman played decently in his roles. He actually did well against the Islanders last night. He actually mm-hmm. uh, scored the first goal. He played with some good energy. I'm going to be frank, though. The, the Utica Commons have too many veterans right now. Mm-hmm. Like all those signings this summer of Chris Tierney, who's definitely not making the team, uh, Justin Dowling, who's not making the team, Shane Bauer, uh, they traded for uh, Shane Bowers. He's not making the team. Kyle Crisicolo already got demoted mm-hmm. to uh, Utica already. Uh, this is already a team that re-signed uh, Tyler Wotherspoon. They add, they signed Cal Foote, who was also demoted. Um, and in the AHL, you're limited to how many professional veterans that you have and i think the utica comments are actually over the limit right now mm. so i feel bad for a guy like Wilman who did a decent job to at least earn a two-way contract to be an emergency winger call-up and he could hang out and can hang out and strengthen utica further but because of that veteran rule dan i don't know if he'll actually get it because you know if, if you're going to sign him to a contract, Dan, it implies that you, you want him to play. And yeah. he may not be able to, given the uh, roster situation in Utica. Again, well, it, yeah, it's, he, it's not the worst problem to have, but I feel bad for the guy, basically. Well, he's with the main club later than any of those other guys you mentioned. You know, it's like um, it, there is something to that. And so maybe they can find a way to make it work. But yeah, you're right. It, it's kind of a bummer that that's what the situation is. But yeah. again... We good problem wrong. to have. Depth is good. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. They could just say, we're going to sign him and move someone else. AHL trades absolutely do happen. Other guys um, get moved on for various reasons. So the devil, you know, the devils, whether that's Dan McKinnon who oversees Utica or Tom Fitzgerald says, look, I want this guy in our organization. We're going to just f- figure it out. And mm-hmm. you have some time to figure it out. Cause I don't know exactly what day you have to get down to 23 men. Uh, that's your active roster maximum. I'd want to say that's going to be Monday because the regular season starts on Tuesday for the mm-hmm. NHL. Uh, but yeah, Mr. Fitzgerald and Mr. Ruff and all the decision makers at the Devils, as well as the Comets, because they're going through their uh, camp right now as well. Uh, they've got some tough decisions to make this weekend. As much as we're, you know, we're just waiting for games to begin, their jobs are definitely in full effect. Yep, yep. And so just one last uh, kind of area to talk about is the veterans who really impressed this camp, the ones who, you know, we had certain expectations for going in and maybe the ones who disappointed as well. Although, to be honest, among the veterans, there were very few disappointing players. Uh, the new guys meshed pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, the the old guys, uh, the chem was strong. And as a chem teacher, uh, that line made me very happy. And, uh, you know, not much disappointment happening there. So who really impressed? Who stood out um, among the players that we know will be in the starting lineup? Well, when you lead the league in preseason scoring, I think you've impressed. Uh, Jesper yes. Pratt put up nine points. 
your top three, well, is, is actually a fivesome. It's a uh, brat, Jack Hughes, and then a three-way tie between Connor McDavid with seven points in four games, the mighty Matt Coronado of Calgary, who had seven <laughs> points in six games, and future stud, and I don't say that lightly, Dad. I think he actually is going to be a really good player for them, which is unfortunate because he's in the East. Uh, Zach Benson of Buffalo, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has been a star for them. Uh, but seriously, Brat has been cooking in this uh, preseason, along with Jack Hughes. Uh, his line, along with Tyler Toffoli, the aforementioned veteran who has fit in like a glove, they pretty much carried the Devils to that 6-5 win. Mm-hmm. Let me quickly check my math here because I want to I want to be right, Dan. You know, we got to be right on this show. We got to be right. We've never once been wrong, John. You okay. understand. One, two, three, four, five out of the six goals in the 6-5 winner of the Islanders came from the one of those three men of that awesome. line. That's so yeah. awesome. <laughs> and the one that did it came from the other veteran that was also really impressive preseason, John Marino. He had a three-point night in that Islanders game. He was a stud in the games that he played. Looked like a boss out there on defense, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you would like to see from John Marino. Um, and related to that, Dan, I think maybe the most impressive defenseman was Kevin Ball, who, mm-hmm. similar to Alexander Holtz, looks a lot faster, looks better on the puck. Uh, he definitely does not look like the one-way defensive defenseman I thought he would be. He was definitely asked in some of these games to play more offensively, but he provided. He created great plays. He created, he scored a goal. He has definitely been able to help the Devils transition and play that fast style of hockey that they want to do. He's activated smartly. Kevin Ball looked like he's having a glow up, which is great for him. Because, you know, he's on that bridge deal, Dan. He's 23. Yep. You know, he's. I know his contract ends in 2025. But for a guy like him, I'm sure his agent's telling him, hey, Kevin, if you want to step it up, you will become a very rich man if you start stepping it up right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, now it's a point where you ask the question, all right, we know Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegenthaler is your first pairing. Do you go with a John Marino, Kevin Ball second pairing, which has some precedence? Because remember, last season it was Marino and Graves. Mm-hmm. And then you have Luke Hughes and one of Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, or Simo Nemich as your third pairing. Dan, I would suggest that's a very good blue line. That's yeah, that's pretty good. That's exactly how you kind of laid it out. And Ball really justifying uh being part of the future plans that again, as mentioned before, let Severson and Graves walk uh, as comfortably as they were allowed to. And so um it, it's it's great it's a great great thing that he has elevated his game he's his vision's been excellent he's been whipping the puck around um very very satisfying to watch him work and so i'm i'm thrilled this is again we talked about the the taylor hall deal that yielded dawson mercer kevin ball and then the pick that would be used on a player that was in the timo meyer deal and so, yep. Turns out, my 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 lament about that trade is looked terrible, and I'm happy for it, Dan. Yeah, I mean that is value. That is how you parlay an MVP into future success. Um, credits to Tommy Fitz. I mean, he just he's he's nope. figured something out. Ray Shero. Oh, Ray Shero made, made the trade. Yeah, that okay. was that was part of the reason why I was unhappy about it because they, they he made that trade and then a month later he was fired, which begs the question: Why would you let him make that? Well, trade? but then also right. you know Fitz doing what he did with the results of that. This trade. is true. Yes, I mean, and that's yeah. that's how that's that's part of the reason why the the Shero era had to end. Sometimes in life you get some bad breaks. You got to make the most of it. 
Yeah. And, you know, as much as we were critical this time last year of Fitzgerald, Lindy Ruff, you know, the team was coming off an absolutely terrible season. You know, not only was it just a case of some guys just having fantastic um, blooming seasons like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, but, you know, Fitzgerald and Ruff, you know, stuck to their system. They found players to play within that system. And now not only do they have an identity, but they have a successful one at that. And even in this preseason, we're seeing that other teams are still struggling with that, regardless of they're putting out NHL lineups against B teams, like the last game with the Islanders and the Devils. We saw it when the Devils, you know, pretty much put away our hated rivals uh, this past Thursday night. We even saw it, even if it went badly the other way many times uh, in the 6-5 game. Like we've seen other teams just struggle when the Devils just get going forward. And if you're a New York team, you're just liable to quit it sometimes because, Dan, there's a lot of quit in New York outside of Buffalo, apparently. <laughs> oh, man, you just love that slogan, don't you? <laughs> oh, I'm going to get a lot of mileage out of that, Dan. Now, Dan, I want to add another another person of uh, impression, I would mm-hmm. say, as a veteran, because um, I do think he deserves uh, the credit. Uh, it's been a little up and down for him, but I think it's warranted. Uh, Kira Schmid. Because yes. there's a lot of discussion in this offseason from the people who matter and outside about goaltending. Do the devil can the devils get it done with Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmid? Did Schmid have a good game in the first one against the Islanders? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Against the Islanders, against a full NHL lineup on the road, against a team that had, you know, that did get its opportunities, got some breakaways, broke the devils down a couple times. Kira Schmid was fantastic. Yeah, he, he made big stops. He didn't have to go crazy and make things that you would make moves that make you go, oh my goodness, I hope his hamstring's okay. He positioned himself quite well. He was calm as calm could be. He has fully earned and ended a lot of doubt in this preseason of whether or not he's an NHL goaltender. He is yeah. an NHL goaltender. Um, I'd like to think the playoffs alone solidified that, but any question about that, um, I think was fully answered. The goaltending is fine, especially if the Devils are going to go out there and score a heap of goals every night, which they're in position to do once again. I mean, it looked like at certain points they were just scoring at will. I I know it seems cliched, but it looked like as the play was developing, I was like, oh, this is a goal. And I've never had that feeling before with this team. And so it's very exciting to be looking forward to that kind of offense. And so uh, we can look forward to that starting next week as the Devils open their season. Uh, As John mentioned, there's a lot more home games than road games. So go out there, show your support to New Jersey's team for what should be or what we hope to be certainly is a very, very successful and fun season as usual. Uh, And it kind of, I I hope for the sake of the area that it is because all the excitement that people had for other teams that were, uh, you know, the locals to start their seasons has evaporated. Well, it depends on the sport. Well, yeah, I guess so. If you're a fan of the WNBA, your Liberty are in the finals and you know what? They've been great. Yeah. The Liberty have been great. Rutgers football has started at four and one and, um, you know, couldn't beat and could make a bowl for the first time in quite some time. Uh, the basketball team at Rutgers is looking primed. Other Rutgers, uh, what, the, what we call the Olympic sports, they're doing quite well in. But yeah, if you're a fan of the NFL, you're sad. MLB. You're a fan of MLB. You're sad. If you're a fan of the Knicks, you're perpetually sad. If you're a fan <laughs> of the Nets, you're just wondering where it all went wrong. Um, you no, know, you're not. if you're a Red Bulls, if you're you a know Red exactly Bulls, where it all went wrong, yeah, James Harden, true. Kyrie Irving, 
Yep. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, if you're a Red Bulls fan, you're, the vibes this season for the Red Bulls has been terrible, and mm. the team may miss the playoffs for the first time in over a decade, which is pretty yes. rough considering that it's MLS and you know, making the playoffs is not the most difficult thing to do in the world if your team is halfway decent and the, the Red Bulls this is, just can't score this goals. Is, this is all to say that the area needs a win and hopefully the Devils provide it more than the other two teams. Although, again, it looks like the other two teams are also poised to be, um, you know, either cup contenders or playoff contenders as well. So yeah. uh, I, I hope, you know, it's way more fun when the locals are better. It's way more fun when more people want to go to games and more people are wearing the gear around the city. Um so I'm looking forward to things getting started. And we finally, John, we can finally say yes to the question, is it October yet? Because yes, it is October yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't wait. So let me run down for you what you got coming up next mm-hmm. for the first time. We got some games of value, games Ooh. that count. It opens on ESPN Plus Hulu only at 730 against the Detroit Red Wings on uh the 12th so that you do have to wait uh we're recording this on the 7th so you do have to wait another four days before that but uh you know it's not like the islanders where their first game is on the 14th like they have to wait a full week they get to stew on that loss which is not fun anyway right after the red wings the devils will play arizona on the 13th msgsn that'll be bill spaulding's first game and thanks to a bally's buyout deal it's going to be locally in arizona on something called scripts okay i've never heard of it they're famous for spelling bees, John. Sure. Great. Grand. After that back-to-back, the Devils will have a weekend off, and then they'll play Florida, thankfully, at 7 p.m. Uh, on MSGSN, I guess that's going to be your first real measuring stick game since Florida did, went all the way to the finals last season and picked up the silver medal in the Stanley Cup that doesn't exist. And then the Devils will go back to Belmont on the 20th. Um And then you will get another three games in four nights where you get that weird 7-15 start in Montreal on the 24th. And then the next night you get your first game on TNT with the Capitals against Putin's favorite player and the rest of his squad at 7-30. You get Buffalo with Zach Benson and a whole lot of potential scoring output that's going to make him frightening as a wild card contender on the 27th. And then October ends with a pre-pre-mischief night or rather a pre-pre-Halloween night whatever you want to call it, I get a 5 p.m. special against Minnesota. That's, you know, out of that run, rundown, Dan, two of those games are on the road. Well, I did, not ex- games. I did not expect to go through the entire month. It's uh, only it's only like <laughs> it's only like eight, ga- eight games, Dan. <laughs> just just considering I know we'll have episodes in between. But yeah, that that's I'm excited the... for the season. Dan. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. Certainly it's going to be. And if you time. can't get tickets for home opening night, you got what one two three four five other opportunities i just mentioned for you there's probably going to be great seats available for the arizona game spend your money give the devils (laughs) and their new food (laughs) options some money yeah they they will have new food options they don't pay us to say this but (sighs) we're just excited but anyway we're excited to be talking to all of you again as the season goes on we're back to more regular uploads because we finally have things to talk about. So uh, thank you all as usual for joining us and let's go devils. Go devils. See you next time.